That is going to be exciting, so make sure you are able to attend. Um, I'm real excited. Number one, that was amazing worship, wasn't it? Man, they're just really something else. Um, but I'm excited about this new series that we're walking into. And uh, did you know that the further you get away from God, the more your life is troubled? And the closer you are to God, the more your life is transformed. Well, I want to say welcome to 50 Days of Transformation. That is this series. The next 50 days, we are going to go through this series called Transformation. And this morning, we're going to start looking at the seven key areas of your life, seven key areas all of our lives where we need to grow and where we need to change. We're going to go through seven key areas. Next 50 days. You know, I, I want to tell you something real quick before I move on here. First service, we, we had a couple people give their lives to Christ. And one of the younger men who, who, who told me that he had done that, he said, you know, um, this is amazing. He said, I, someone invited me to church and never been invited to church before. And I thought to myself, this is, uh, I don't know, I was exciting and a little bit pathetic at the same time that he had never been invited before. Thank God someone did invite him. But I just want to encourage you. We're going to go through seven key areas of a person's life and how that can transform their life, physical, emotional, spiritual, vocational. There's seven key areas that we're going to go through. This can change the life of anyone around you. So this morning is kind of an introduction. Then we go through the seven key areas. And I just want to encourage you to invite, invite someone. Make them a part of this, this journey with us. Bring them along. It could change their life. It could transform their entire life, and you'll be a part of that process. Our theme for the next uh, seven weeks is going to come from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've, we've talked about this passage in, in, you know, recently. And this is the theme for the entire series. My friends, the way you think, the way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel determines the way that you act. i tell you something. If, if, if you want to change something in your life that you don't like, you don't start with your actions. You don't even start with your feelings. You start with your thoughts if you can change the way you think, then you can change the way you feel. If you can change the way you feel, then you can change the way you act. It starts with our thoughts, renewing of our minds. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why is transformation so critical, so critical to, uh, to a fulfilling, dynamic life? Why is it so critical to, for, to a fulfilling life? We all want that fulfilling life. But transformation is such a critical part of that. Why? Because transformation changes us from emptiness, how we, we feel empty inside sometimes. We feel like, like there's something missing. It changes us from emptiness to fullness. It changes us from defeat and failure to faith and victory. It changes our lives. Transformation changes the way we think about ourselves. It changes us from insecurity and inferiority. To, to courage and boldness. It allows us to become the person that we were created to be. We need to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. And as we're transformed, our lives will become not troubled, 
but we'll be growing in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Because like I said, the further you are away from God, the more troubled and difficult your life will be. And the closer you are to God, the more your life will change, the more your life will be truly transformed. Now, we all want to be close to God. I don't think anyone would be here this morning if you didn't want to be close to God in some way. If there wasn't something stirring in your heart where you wanted to connect with God. I mean, for some of you, you can point to a time in your life where you felt, you felt God's presence. I mean, a really strong feeling of God's presence. Maybe it was when you first gave your life to Christ. And you had that feeling. It was, it was different. It, you, you felt changed. You had a connection with the Father. You, you, you had a joy in your life. But then, then something happened. I don't know what it is for every one of you, but you've lost that in some way. Some people, not all, but some people along the way lose that intensity, lose that passion. Now, fortunately for all of us, there is a story in the Bible that helps us and draws us and helps us understand how we can get back to God, if you will. How, can we, how we can draw closer to the Father. And that story is the story of the prodigal son. And it's in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. It says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything there, was a severe famine in in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to, uh, to I'm sorry, who sent him to, feed, to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. Don't you love that story? Don't you love that story? I do. I absolutely love that story. It reminds us how all of us sometimes wander away from the God who loves us. We have this God who loves us so much. We just sang a song, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. And sometimes we all wander away. Maybe, maybe for some of you, not too far, but you know what I'm talking about. If you've been a Christian for long enough, you have at some point in your life wandered away from God. The son starts off by saying, Father, I want you to give me what's rightfully mine. Give me my stuff. 
I'm not going to wait for you to die. I want it now. He says, he says, give it to me. Give me my, he says. Give me my. It's a very self-centered attitude. I want my. See, that's where we usually start. God, give me my. Give me mine. And by the way, I'm in a hurry. So I, don't, I can't wait, Lord. Just give it to me. Give it to me now. That's how we start off in our lives sometimes. Or when we begin to drift away from God, we, we get that kind of attitude. So his father says, okay, I'm going to give you your inheritance. He gives him his inheritance. And, and the son basically takes off. And he wastes his money, his time, and his energy on wine, women, and song. That's basically what he does. He's going to party. He's going to party hardy. He's going to go out there. He's young. He's got cash. He's in a, in a different place. He's just partying it up. And then he hits rock bottom. All of a sudden, he becomes homeless. And to make matters worse, the country in which he's living goes into a terrible famine. There is no food to be shared. Even though he's really poor, didn't have anything, even if he was like a beggar, no one would share with him because no one had anything to share. So he's struggling. He doesn't have anything. It's difficult finding a job, so he hires himself out to a farmer, and he gets a job doing the worst thing a Jew could do, slopping pigs. Think about that. A Jewish person at that time wasn't even supposed to touch a pig let alone be around any of these pigs. And that's his job, slopping pigs. Then it says he comes to his senses. He kind of gets his mind around. He comes to his senses. He thinks to himself, the poorest guy in my father's, my father's workforce has enough food to spare. What, what am I doing? He knows because of what he's done. He doesn't deserve his father's love. Because he has just taken half of everything his father has ever worked for in his entire life and squandered it. So he says, I, I, I don't deserve my father's love. But I don't want to stay where I am. I, I'm gonna, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go back to my father and say, Father, accept me back into the family as your son. He says, I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to humble myself and basically say, Father, take me in as a servant, as one of your hired hands. Because I would rather be here with you in that condition than starving to death in some foreign country. And we all know the end of the story because I just read it to you. It's an amazing story. And from this story, we're going to look at three things that we need to do to get back to God, to get reconnected, if you will, to God. Three things that we need to do. This is the pathway back to spiritual transformation. Number one, you need to get fed up with your life. You need, seriously, think about this. You need to get, if you're in that place where you're just off like the prodigal son, you are the prodigal son in a sense, you need to get fed up with your life. Get fed up with your circumstances. Get fed up with all the things that are going wrong in your life. You need to get fed up with being lonely. You need to get fed up with, 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 being, with being stressed. You need to be fed up with being depressed. You need to get fed up with the life that you're choosing to live. You need to be fed up with it. You need to get to the point where the prodigal son where he was. You need to say to yourself, I, I've had enough. I mean, I've been living this life for so long and I have had enough. I need to change some areas of my life. You need to get desperate. You need to get hungry. You need to get anxious for change, for change in your life. Nothing happens, honestly, when you're in that condition until you get fed up. Are you there yet? If you're, if you're in that position, are you there yet? If you're not, it's okay. 
God will leave you where you are for a while. And then he'll bring a little rain into your life. Sprinkles. Get your attention. If that doesn't get your attention, he'll send a little heavier rain into your life to get your attention. If that doesn't work, he'll send a storm into your life to get your attention. You say, why would God send a storm into my life? Because he loves you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He will not allow you to waste your life. You're going to have to fight him to waste your life. He created you for a specific purpose. He's not going to sit back and allow you to waste your life. And if he has to send some rain, and if he has to send a storm to move you from where you are to where you should be, he will do that because he will not allow you to waste your life. You will have to work for it. That's how much he loves you. You're going to have to work for it. The first step, then the first step in coming back to the Lord is that you have to be, you have to just be discontent. You have to be disgusted with where you are in your life. You have to be fed up with the way that you're living. Fed up with it. Not, not just this little, I mean, I'm talking fed up with, I can't do this anymore. Because here's the reality. God, you say, God, reveal your will to me. God, show me your purpose. God, why is this and why is God is not going to reveal himself to you if you are comfortable walking on the fence, if you're comfortable straddling the line, if you want one foot in the world, one foot here, he, he's not going to really reveal himself to you if your faith is a hobby. If you're acting like right now your faith is a hobby, well, you know, I'll pick my Bible up once every six months or so. Or he's not, there's, revelation, transformation, change is not going to come to your life until you get fed up with the way you're living and say, I'm done. God, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm hurting the people around me. I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting my chances for the future, my destiny. I I, I don't want to do this anymore. And then second, you own up to your sin. You own up to your sin. This is difficult because we live in a culture where people love to blame everyone else for their problems from top to bottom. Everyone's always blaming everyone else for what's going on. And God is saying in this, in this passage for us, in this story, you need, to, you need to get fed up and then you need to own up to your sin. First you get fed up, then you own up. I own up to my own sin. Listen to what the Bible says when, when, about the prodigal son. When he came to his senses, he said, I have sinned. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. So he came to his senses and he confessed you, you may have come to your senses recently and you're thinking to yourself, how on earth did I get so far from God? How did I wander so far from God? The answer is you moved away by giving your love to something else. That, that's one of the answers. There's other answers, but that's one of the biggest ones. You moved away from God. He, didn't, he never moves away from you. I, we talk about it all the time. You turn around, he's going to right there. You moved away from God. By giving your love to something else. When you give your love to something else, it's called an idol. It's called, it's really simple. Anything that you love more than God is called an idol. The the, the first and second commandment talk about this. It's the first commandment. Thou shalt not, you have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any false idols. How important do you think this is if it's twice in the Ten Commandments, basically? That theme, not repeating itself, it's a theme. How important do you think it is that we not put something before God? Money can be an idol. Um, Success can be an idol. Golf can be an idol. None of those things are bad. They're not bad. But none of those deserve first place in your life. None of those are worthy of first place in your life. 
So I own up to my sin. I, I get fed up and then I own up. Your sins are separating you. You have to understand that. Why am I not feeling close to God? Well, because my sin is separating me from God. And here's the reality. And I know this is difficult for us to hear sometimes, but you are as close to God as you choose to be. I'm as close to God as I'm choosing to be. You are as close to God as you choose to be. You haven't been fed up enough. That's part of the problem. You haven't been fed up enough. You haven't, you, haven't, you haven't owned up, you haven't been fed up, and you're not, you're not say, you, have, you don't have this desperation to, to truly know God, to, to draw into his presence. There's, there's not that desperation. If I were to hold you underwater, there's a baptism over here, right? So, so, so I, you know, I, I baptize a couple of you, I, you know, I hold just a little longer, make sure, you know what I'm saying? So I got to hold them on a little longer. If I were to hold you underwater, you would struggle. When you started to run out of breath, you would struggle a lot more. You know why? Because you would be desperate for air. That desperation, that's what we're talking about here. We need to be desperate for God. We need to have that struggle. We need to be desperate. When, when you're that desperate, you, you don't just get fed up, you own up. You are as close to God as you're choosing to be right now. You know, and I know it's easy just to blame this or blame this or blame him or blame her or blame them or blame. When you get that desperate, it's not just a matter of getting fed up. You say, you know what, Lord, I have to bow down. I need to own up to what I'm choosing to do. When I own up and I say, God, you own up. And when you do own up, you basically say, God, I've blown it. I have really blown it. I've been living the life that I have chosen to live. I have been living the life that I wanted to live. You also realize something else. You realize this. When you get to that point where you're seriously on your knees, when you're owning up, you start to realize, you know what? I am not my own. I was bought with a price. Someone paid the price for my salvation. Someone paid the price for me. And it becomes more than just, you know, just words. It becomes a reality that I have, I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. I have been adopted into God's family. See, we need to remember when you, you need to remember when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ, you became a new person. You became a new person in Jesus Christ. Here's the, the memory verse for week one. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Listen, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. The old life is gone. The old life is gone. And the new has begun. I love that verse. I was thinking about this week. I was driving to work. I, was, I think it was this morning, actually. I was driving, thinking to myself what my life used to be before I was a believer and realizing I wasn't even living. I was just existing. Until Jesus Christ came into my life and changed me into a different person, I was just existing. Now I live. I am a new person in Christ. You are a new person in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means I don't have to live the same life I was living before. I don't have to listen to the same voices that spoke to me before. I don't have to listen and respond to the same impulses that, that, that drove me before. I have a new power. I have a new power that help, will help me walk my way through the difficulties of life. I have a new ability. I have a new community. It's called the church. I have a new identity in Christ. I have a new destiny 
Isn't that awesome? That's what we are. We are new people in Jesus Christ. We no longer have to respond to the old voices of the past. If you are a Christian, you are a new person. The old has gone. The new has come. The problem is the, problem is the old keeps knocking on the door of the new and wanting its way back in. And what happens is we allow, we open the door and let it in a little bit, and that drives us away from God. It keeps us distanced from God. Third, the third step to getting back to God, you need to offer up yourself. Offer up. That's what the prodigal son did. You notice? He offered up. He offered up his life. The third thing he did was offer up. Up. I want to be I will be a servant of yours. Notice in Luke chapter 15 and verse 12, it says he drifted, basically drifted away from the father and said, give me my share. Give me my. And then in Luke chapter 15 and verse 19, he comes back to the father and he says, make me a servant. He starts out, give me. And then he says, make me. Anybody see a change in attitude there? I mean, it's like, hello. I mean, he starts out saying, give me, give me, give me. God, give me mine. He comes back to the Father saying, make me, make me a servant. Make me a servant of yours. My friends, that is transformation. That is true transformation when you go from give me my, an attitude of selfishness, to make me. God, make me. Transform me. Change me. See, when your heart moves from me-centeredness to God-centeredness, that is transformation. Are you there yet? Am I there yet? Are we there yet? Or are we still in this, give me, give me, give me. God, what can you do for me? What are you going to give to me? The son goes from, give me my share to make me a servant. My friends, that is transformation. And that kind of transformation is not a one-time event. It's an ongoing process in your life. That kind of transformation is it's called sanctification. It's an ongoing process. It doesn't happen overnight. We are all in the process of transformation. All of us. That's great news. We're all a, listen, we're all a work in progress. I don't want anybody sitting here this morning thinking, oh, I'm such a this or I'm no further along. You're a work in progress. So you're a little slow. We still love you. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're a work in progress. You really are. You are, you're a work of art. God just needs to get the chisel out a little more. He's going to chip away and you're going to become more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We are a work in process, progress. Second Corinthians chapter three and verse 18 says, listen, we reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed. Again, that is an ongoing process. We are being transformed. It's not just a once, but an ongoing deal. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord. That word transformed that word, that word transformed in the Greek is metamorpho. Now you think that word metamorpho. Uh, doesn't that sound like a word that you've heard before? 
It comes, we get, that, we get the word metamorphosis, right? The word metamorphosis. What is, it, what is a metamorphosis? Well, it's when that butterfly goes through that transition from a caterpillar into the beautiful creation that God designed. That is a metamorphosis. That's what we're talking about here. But you know what's interesting? It's interesting. That, doesn't, that metamorphosis doesn't happen overnight. In fact, it's, a, it's, it's stages. And if you think about it, at a certain point in the metamorphosis from a caterpillar to a butterfly, that thing crawls into that cocoon, and it, it, it's, it's kind of ugly. Have you ever, when you were a kid, did you ever just find a cocoon, and you want to see what was in there? You didn't know it was even anything alive, and you opened it up. It wasn't very impressive, was it? It's kind of like, kind of ugly, kind of gnarly. It's not impressive at all. But when it goes through that transformation, when it goes through that metamorphosis and it, go, and it comes all the way through and it breaks out into a butterfly, it is stunning. It's stunning. And just for your encouragement, and I've, said, I've used this analogy before with the butterfly, but you know, if you have a, 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 a caterpillar in its cocoon and you just help it through and you don't, you know, it doesn't really have to struggle, the struggle forces all the, all the fluids into the wings and allows it to become a butterfly. If you help it, it ne- it'll never fly. It'll never become. So you may have been going through some hard times in your life right now. God may be putting you through a metamorphosis and he's kind of squeezing you a little bit. That's not bad. That's not bad. It'll just help you become the person that you were created to be. All things work together for good. Those who love God are called according to his purpose. All things, even the struggles. The butterfly that struggles the most is the most beautiful butterfly of all. So don't be discouraged by that. God can use you even if you've gone through a lot of struggles. Even if you've messed up and messed up and messed up, keep fighting, keep pushing, keep driving forward because God will use that to enable you to become that stunning butterfly. God wants you to be a butterfly. He wants you to soar. He wants you to soar. We all want that. We all want that for our lives. That transformation, though, is a process and we need to start out where the prodigal son started out. We need to get fed up. And then we need to own up. And then we need to offer up. That's what we need to do. We need to give ourselves to God. We need to say, God, I need you to make me. I need you to change me. I need you to transform me. Use me, God, for your glory. God, I don't want to live the way I've been living in my life so far. I've, I've just been... Man, I've just been, I've been blowing it. I don't want to live that way anymore. Change me. This is really important to remember, okay? So you're sitting here right now maybe thinking, gosh, I'm in that, I'm not even hardly fed up right now. I'm, I think maybe I'd get, I need to get fed up. I think Pastor Jeff's kind of right. I need to get fed up. But I'm not there yet. But you know, we're all at different stages. The fed up and the, the you know, own up and the offer up. We're at different points in this whole transformation process. But you need to remember something. As it's difficult getting through the, that process, you need to remember what happens at the end. How the Father responds when we do that. In Luke chapter 15, verse 20 through 22, I read it earlier. I'm going to read it again. So he got up, and this is how the Father responded. So he got up and went to his Father. But while he was still a long way off, his Father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his Son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Notice, notice something, okay? God did not wait for him to get home. He didn't wait for him. 
God didn't wait for him. When he was still a long way off, God ran to him, in a sense. His father ran to him. The moment you say, God, I do not want to live this way anymore. I'm sick of living the way that I'm living. He will do more than wait for you. Well, gee, you know, it's been 10 years, so keep coming. I'm sick and tired of waiting for you. I'll just stand and wait. That's not what he's He will do more than wait for you. He will do more than mosey along and meet you halfway. He will run to you. Not only that, he will celebrate your return. See, that's what we're talking about here. When you go through this process, the enemy will make you feel condemned. The Holy Spirit makes you feel convicted so that you get fed up. So that you get fed up. And you go through that process. He'll make you feel convicted. And when you feel that conviction, the Father in heaven is not going to meet you halfway. He's not going to wait for you. He's going to run to you. And not only that, not only going to run to you, he's going to celebrate your return. This is going to be an amazing series. This is going to be a life-changing series. This is going to be transformational for every single one of us. We, we, We can live, we can have, you can have the life that you've always wanted. You can have that kind of life. We just need to be willing to take the first step. And when we take that first step, when we take that first step toward God, God's going to celebrate. He's going to start drawing us and carrying us and pulling us. He's going he's to celebrate with us. The first step for us this morning as a church is that we need to step forward. We need to step forward. Some of you need to step forward and give your lives to Christ for the very first time. You've been in this church. You've been listening You've been hearing, I talked about first you get fed up. Some of you are fed up. You're fed up. And now it's time for you to step forward and say, you know what? It's time for me to confess my sin and say, you know what? I don't want this anymore. I want Jesus Christ to come and live in my life. I want that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So some of you need to step forward, come forward, if you will. Step forward and say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. I am fed up. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. That's for some of you. For some of you, for the very first time, you need to offer up your lives to Jesus Christ this morning. For others, you need to come, before, you need to come forward if you will and just say, you know what? God, I want you to forgive me because I've, I've wandered off the path. I'm a Christian, but I need to rededicate my life. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my life back to Christ, if you will. You never lost your salvation. You just wandered off the path path. You need to confess that to God this morning and come up. We'll do it together. For some of you, you you already know Christ and you haven't wandered off the path, but you're saying to yourself, you know what? I need to really offer up my life to Jesus Christ. I mean, I need to change in ways I've never changed before. I know there's a few things, my patience or whatever the case may be, but it's time for me to transform and and, and kick up my game a bit. You need to come forward and say, God, I'm willing to, for you to bring about those changes in my life that I've, I've held back. I'm not going to hold back any longer. I, want, I just want you to transform my life in every area that you see needs help. As we sing this song, here's what I'd like you to do. Whether it's giving your life to Christ for the first time, you know, confessing the fact that you've wandered off the path, or just saying, I need change. I want to see change and growth in my spiritual life. We all need that. I want you to come forward. I want to see that back empty and the front filled with us singing this song in praise to our God, in worship to our God.
God, nothing, nothing does compare to the promise that we have in you, Lord God. Nothing compares. Not the addictions that, that we struggle with. Not the life that we've been living. The peer pressure that we've been under to be pulled in a different direction. Nothing compares with the life that you offer to us. Nothing compares with you. Not money, not fame, not power, nothing. There is no idol on this earth that compares to you. Father, we want to be transformed into the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. That's only going to happen if we surrender our lives to you. If we offer up our lives to you as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you, Lord God. So we do that this morning. We give ourselves to you. Lord God, some of us are fed up. Some of us need to own up, Lord God. And all of, all of us need to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. God, help us to leave this place different people than when we walked in. With, an, with, with a passion to know you more. Use us, we pray. Use us as your vessels to invest in the lives of other people, to draw them closer to you. God, for those who have come to you for the first time this morning, who have surrendered their lives to you for the very first time, I pray, dear God, that they would just connect with you for the rest of their lives, hold on to you. And for all of us, Lord, who have different areas of our lives we need to surrender, I pray that would happen this morning, that it's happened already, that we surrender those things and become more like your son, Jesus Christ, in whose blessed and holy name we pray. Amen. Hey, if, if you did give your life for the very first time to Christ, I have something I'd like to give you and just connect with you. All right. This is going to be an amazing series. And like I said in the very beginning, if you missed it, there was a young man who came up and said, man, someone invited me to church for the first time in my life. And he gave his life to Christ. How many people around you, you think they would never come? Amen. They, they, they're never going to come. They're never going to come. Do me a favor. If you looked at me when I was 17 years old and knew my attitude, you'd say, why bother inviting him? I can invite him. He would never go. He'd never go to church. He'd never come to faith in Jesus Christ. Do me a favor. There's more me's out there. Do us a favor. Please, please, before God, invite us. Okay? Let's fill this sanctuary with people who don't know Christ. For the next seven weeks, we're going to touch in seven different areas of people's lives. They truly need with all of their hearts. They need it. But they need you to invite them. Let's do that. Let's see transformation, not only in our own lives, that would be a little bit selfish, but in the lives of the people all around us. Let's do it together. Let me just pray one more time. God, we love you. We pray that you dismiss us with your blessing. But God, dismiss us with a passion and a boldness in our hearts to leave this place on fire for you and to join here again next week, Lord God, surrounded by others who don't know you. We love you, we praise you, and we offer up our lives to you. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great, great week.